All right, everybody, it is Tuesday, which means it is time for another edition of the Steelers, excuse me, Still City Insider Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jeremy Ritz, alongside Jim Wexel. Tough weekend for the Steelers, Jim. Uh, I hope you're having a great week. Oh, man. <laughs> I went to Bowling Green to watch my daughter play. She got bowled at halftime, gave up three goals and three shots, and they lost four to nothing. Came home, watched tape of the Steelers. They gave up three shots and three goals. Three TDs and three plays, whatever. So that's how my weekend went. So it's you a... Sometimes you deal with getting your butt kicked. And the Steelers very much got their butt kicked this weekend. A 38-3 loss to the Buffalo Bills. A team that's, let's be honest, they're competing for a Super Bowl. Uh, but a lot of... Criticism coming towards the Steelers, coming at Mike Tomlin, Matt Canada. Uh, Ryan Clark, former Steelers safety, had some comments about the Steelers and Mike Tomlin. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. But fresh uh, on our minds is it is a Tuesday. It's a Tomlin Tuesday. He had his press conference. Um, Jim, let's talk about what Tomlin had to say. I know a lot of people, including myself, frustrated with the offensive play calling this weekend. Um, I know that I had sent you a message saying, hey, let's let's have our uh, podcast Tuesday after they fire Matt Canada, which you promptly responded, that's not going to happen. But talk a little bit about- uh, And it Tom- didn't, I was right. You're right, you're right. <laughs> talk about Tomlin's comments today in the press conference and Matt Canada, his future with his team. Uh, I, I listened to the press conference. I didn't uh, really hear any comments worth I mean, I, I thought he handled it well. He usually does when he gets his butt kicked. Um, uh, was there a comment in particular about the offensive coordinator? So he 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 was asked about uh, Matt Canada, and he said that he has confidence in, in Matt Canada, which a lot of fans would look at and say, you know, how can you have confidence in this guy based on what's being put out there on the field? What's your take on? I, I just replied to Noah on uh, Twitter that I can't believe the coach isn't listening to the fans on this. <laughs> I mean, come on. All right, Jeremy. I, I really, you know, uh, when 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 um, Pickett came in against the Jets, the offense scored. They moved. He hit guys down the middle of the field, deep. I, I, I thought the offense looked good. I thought it had – proved that it had more to do with the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, and this week, they just got creamed. Mm-hmm. I, I have no problem with this coordinator, and I'm probably the only one, only one. So please explain to me, what don't you like about the play calling? What What is wrong with the play calling? Yeah, so I would just say, it, you know, coming out that second half there, running on first and second down when you're in such a, a, a deficit. It, I used the term earlier this week on, on one of my podcasts on my site to say it was almost tone deaf, that it wasn't didn't show an awareness of the context of the game. And I can see that you're still trying to stay true to the run game. You're trying to get it going. But when you're down that much, uh, and again, I know you have a rookie quarterback in a hostile environment. I just thought they would try to be a bit more aggressive to push the ball down the field. Um, you know, maybe it's because I watched the game when I already knew the final score. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really didn't pay much attention to the second half just to gauge their whether they had quit or not. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't really in tune with the play calling. And maybe what you say, it was frustrating. I'll also say they had Von Miller, what was it, 31 3? Mm-hmm. They had Von Miller champing at the bit against a left tackle. He was a against whom he was overmatched. I, I feel that's why he kicked that field goal. It's because it was clear that Vaughn Miller was coming. 
Yeah. And Vaughn, when Vaughn Miller gets the timing, he knows you have to pass. He's a Hall of Famer, and he's still got it. I, I, I maybe that had something to do with calling runs, and maybe you don't expect them to run. Maybe you uh, make a statement that this is this is how you play football. Uh, I don't really fireable offense. Now, come on, you want this guy fired? Why? Because he ran the ball on first down a couple times. Well, I mean, I think it's. I think there's a larger body of work of mediocrity that dates back to last season. I don't think it's any just one game. And I know there are other factors at play. Uh, for instance, Deontay Johnson on on a third down play, Kenny throws across his body, hits Deontay right in the hands. You know, you, you can point to those things as well. But for as creative as we heard that Matt Canada was, I don't. I don't feel like we see it in the product on the field. And at the end of the day, it's a results oriented business. We're not seeing those results on offense. Now, is that a product of them just not being very good and not talented? I mean, maybe it's probably a combination of all those pieces, but for whatever reason, it just feels like a lifeless, uh, tepid offense. Okay. Well, I liked what I saw in the second half against the Jets. Uh, they got their butts kicked in Buffalo by the number one defense in the NFL, probable Super Bowl champ, um, playing at their place in a revenge game. I, I know the Bills were beat up, and I know they got Kansas City next week. Possibility they were looking ahead, resting guys for Kansas City. I just haven't seen any problem with the coordinator. Again, I'm the only one. So, I mean, and Twitter will uh, – rip me to shreds my message board will rip me to shreds i just don't i'm willing to wait i mean he got a quarterback last year it was well you know a mobile quarterback i'd need a mobile quarterback he didn't say those words i tried to put them in his mouth one time and he grinned at me like yeah that's right but he didn't say it Mm -hmm. so uh i just assumed and you know ben roethlisberger was what what, 49 years old last year so (laughs) I mean, and, and Mitch Trubisky just didn't do it. He didn't execute. Our, our, the guy who breaks down tape for us, Coach Davis, he says he likes what he's seeing out of the scheme. It's the execution. Yeah. So I'm willing to wait. I'm willing to wait just because he ran Najee. You know, that's a, this is another thing. How many times is Art Rooney, uh, too, in February, after everybody's cleaned out their lockers, had his little press conference and said, we're going to run the ball mm-hmm. more next year? Yeah, you know, th- there might be some uh, what what quotas. There might be some organizational parameters. I'm not uh, saying there are. They the Rooney's have a history of leaving the coach alone, but this is something the organization wants. Also, uh, make sure our defense we don't go three and out. Uh, you know, too fast. I I have a lot of excuses for Matt Canada. I'm still willing to let him go. Yeah. I'm going to be the last guy. So. It's okay if you take the podcast and run with it because <laughs> I'm an anomaly. I'm an outlier. I don't see the problem. Yeah. Well, there, I mean, there's there, trust me, there's plenty of blame to go around and we saw that, but I did, I did want to talk about two positives here. You mentioned the running game. Najee Harris, you pointed out earlier this uh, preseason that he just looked slower. Maybe he's still injured, but Mike Tomlin talked about Jalen Warren's performance and how he's probably going to see some more carries. Do you see that? transpiring this weekend that Warren maybe gets the uh, the bulk of the carries over Harris? Is Harris still hurt? What's going on there? Hey, sometimes, you know, you say things at press conference and then Najee starts off with a 10-yard gain, nine-yard gain. All of a sudden you look and Jalen Warren had three carries today. I thought coach said this. 
you know, it doesn't always happen, but you like that he's in his thoughts in a positive direction instead of Jalen carrying the ball around campus again for another week because he fumbled, right? right. I, I think we're all on the Jalen uh, Warren uh, uh, bus or train, whatever. Uh, we're all Jalen Warren fans. We like Jalen. Um, now, Najee, I remember when he got hurt at that day in practice. Someone came to me, uh, a photographer. Photographers are so good. The daily photographers, you know, if you're a beat guy, Jeremy, when you take over my job, <laughs> when you listen to the photographers, they, they have their fingers on the pulse. They, they're, they're not, you know how we stand around and gossip, the sports writers, mm-hmm. but the photographers are working and watching and looking, uh, they're looking for stuff on the, uh, way far away from what we can see. And one of the photographers, Chaz Pallet came up and said, what's wrong with Najee? I go, I didn't even know he's out. What? He goes, yeah, he's been getting attention from Norwig on the sidelines. Uh, I, I, I think he said Norwig. He might've just said trainer. John Norwig, of course, is the trainer. But uh, anyway, so we kept our eye on Najee and we would check with each other, even though we don't work in the same organization, we, we, we you know, kibitz. And at the end, I wanted to kind of talk to Najee and see what was going on. And he was walking up the hill in his bare foot, uh, the far hill. He had to go around in not the, the hill where they go up to where all the fans are, the far side. If you're looking at the, the fans are on the left. He was going up the right side. It was weird. And it, it's kind of a steep hill. And he was in his bare foot and he was limping up the hill. And I said, what, what's going on with that? Is he just trying to avoid the media? And uh, I think Chaz said, you know, Norwood would have never let him walk off if he was injured. So he must be OK. The next day we hear someone stepped on his foot. He's OK. Well, obviously, well, hey, maybe he just stinks. But it, to me, it looks like he hurt. He's hurt. Yeah. Still slowed uh, all from that one day. And it turns out, uh, you know, the rumors are that it's um, Liz Frank. Okay. Sometimes Liz Frank's a minor and it's only a couple of weeks. Sometimes they're major. It's, they call that the car accident uh, uh, injury. People, you know, when, when they, they go to break, they said suddenly see to get, they put their feet out and their feet get messed up. It's, it's a harsh Liz Frank injury from a car accident. Well, probably not that, you know, those linger. That's what everybody on Twitter say. Liz Franks are, are, are huge injuries. Well, some of them are the car accident variety. This yeah. apparently was not, but I just got thinking, you know, what if I, if it was John Norwig, older gentleman, kind of about my age, gray hair, uh, maybe Najee looked at him and with the same disgust, he looked at me. And whenever I ask him a question, <laughs> thinking he knows more than him, and said, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. And John Norwood's fine. Do do what you want. I don't know. I'm guessing. Yeah, he's uh, he he's definitely been struggling. But Warren has, I mean, he just, and not just in the running game, but just in his pass protection, too. He's shown a willingness, and his blocks are solid in terms of protecting the quarterback. So he, he's done well. How about oh, Kenny? man, he crushed somebody. He crushed somebody. Yeah, this week. yeah. and also, too, I, I, two, one other player I want to mention, George Pickens, not just for his receiving ability. But when he comes off the line and gets his hand on a defensive back, I mean, it's a thing of beauty. He just bowls him over. He is uh, – he's really coming into his own. How about your assessment of Kenny Pickett's performance this weekend in his first start? Uh, he lost 38-3. Let's not get too excited, but I like him. I like him. I, I, I don't know what else to say about it. Uh, you could probably give the re- uh, fans a better assessment. 
you seem to break that stuff down pretty good. I liked him. I think he's got the it factor. I think he's got accuracy. I think he's got moxie. I think he's got timing. Uh, it, and it's not too big for him. Again, he lost 38 to three. Yeah, I think he put all those things uh, on display. Um, you know, the, the accuracy, touch, you know, the appropriate amount of spin on the ball is called for based on the play. Uh, the interception, um, I, I'm guessing that you saw that in the, the replay of the game. You know, the, well, I guess one of the concerns coming out was just his ability to push the ball downfield with velocity. Um, I wouldn't say that it was called for that much on that throw, but that throw looked a little suspect, I guess. That's my only reservation at this point. Otherwise, he's played well for what can be expected playing in Buffalo. Um, but we'll see this weekend. He's going to have another tough task against a tough Tampa Bay defense. And talk, talking about defense – uh, I mean, I don't know how much you could put on the secondary, being that they were beat up. They had Josh Jackson, who was um, on the practice squad. You had James Pierre, um, Trey Norwood starting at safety with Terrell Edmonds out. And you're going against Josh, Josh Allen. And um, oh, what's, the, what's the receiver there that came over from Minnesota? Drawing a blank here. Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs. I mean, they just – that was the biggest concern for me was just the deep pass. And being that that pass rush wasn't able to get home the last few weeks, they weren't able to get home Sunday, and they just feasted on that secondary. What was your take on the defense performance? Slow. Yeah. Really. Uh, the 98-yarder, um, you know, guy, I don't want to rip guys like Trey Norwood and Levi Wallace, but they uh, are – what was the scout – the scout put it to me, speed-challenged. Something, something instead of saying slow. And that's, they got them cheap. They got Norwood in the seventh round. I got Levi Wallace cheap in free agency. That's their, that's their drawback. Everything else, they're smart. But when you have to team up um, on the same play and Minka Fitzpatrick's in the, in the A gap, wasn't even blitzing. I, they said it was a blitz. It, Minka didn't blitz. He was just stood around the A back, A, a gap. And uh, the two slow guys got beat. Now, Cam Sutton has a hamstring. He was your fastest DB, and he wasn't that fast coming out either. So they have they have speed issues. Uh, Mink is dealing with a knee. They have speed issues in the secondary. Yeah. They need an infusion. Yeah. Yeah. And then you look at the outside linebacker position. You have Malik Reed, who I thought would at least be serviceable when they're filling in for T.J. Watt, but he's been below pedestrian. Um Miles Jack has played well in inside. Uh, Devin Bush has played a little bit better on the defensive line. It just it just it doesn't look like a Pittsburgh Steelers defense. I don't know if it's just there's no cohesion between the players. I don't know if it's a combination of the injuries and and everything together. Uh, but do they have an opportunity to turn it around if they get healthy, or is this what we're looking forward to for the rest of the you season? Know, it's all about talent. You know that it's not, I, I, don't, I don't get the cohesion. I don't get the lack of effort. I don't get any of these things that everyone else is ascribing as non-Steelers like non-Steelers like from the seventies and from the, from the aughts, from the Super Bowl eras, there's speed mm-hmm. and talent. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else to say about it, Jeremy. They need, they need to get down there and draft a little bit. I've been saying that about the last 10 years, Roethlisberger, and I'm not slighting Tomlin on this. And Tomlin would say that his 500 record and plus is due to Roethlisberger. Having, having that guy 
And that guy hurt them too. He he kept getting them into the twenties and the draft status. They yeah. never got to fully replenish. So yeah, I, they could have done a better job with what they were replenishing. But uh, you know, I, I can't blame it on cohesion or lack of effort. You saw Cam Hayward yeah. running down the <laughs> sideline making a tackle like he was Aaron Smith in the Super Bowl. Yeah. The injuries, did we go over the injuries? Uh, a little bit, but not Cam too- Sutton, uh Cam Sutton hamstring, Levi Wallace, Pat Fryermuth, and Terrell Edmonds concussion. Looks like Edmonds is coming out of it. Uh, Levi Wallace played a lot of snaps. I don't know when he had his concussion. Do you? I think it was towards – it had to have been towards the end of the game. Akella Witherspoon's going to start coming back, but I I, I doubt if he's going to be ready. Larry Joby back, Minka knee, Zach Gentry knee. Yeah. It's grim. It's grim. Yeah. But I mean, you want to talk about the Ryan Clark thing? And yeah, I was going to say per- perfect segue. They're talking about the the qualitative pieces, the effort. Ryan Clark, former safety, was on the uh, 08 Super Bowl team, but had some really stinging words criticizing the Steelers, saying that they gave up, pointing at Mike Tomlin, say that he's ultimately responsible for this. Um, your take on Clark's comments? Well, the head coach is ultimately responsible for it. Um, but the lack of effort, the lack of fight, I just didn't see. You know, I, I just didn't see it. I, I, I saw uh, uh, James Pierre making a tackle on the opening kickoff at the two, and then he fumbled a kickoff. Uh, was it because of lack of effort? I mean, they made the move that was the right move to make. Gunner uh, uh, gave way to Steven Sims, and for whatever, whatever happened to Steven Sims in pregame, it happened. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I can't think of a better choice. Maybe Benny Snell to return kicks. Is Benny even active these days? I think he was active this weekend. Yeah. So that's a possibility, a kickoff return. And so maybe that's a coaching mistake. But again, I don't see the lack of effort. James Pierre was in the wind in Buffalo and he fumbled. Yeah. Uh, but he didn't come into the game with a lack of effort. Um, uh, what else? Friar Muth got a concussion in the middle of the field. Remember watching Heath Miller? I used to get headaches watching Heath Miller get concussed in the middle of the field. That tight end stuff is brutal. Yeah. Half Fryermuth was playing his butt off. Levi Wallace played with a concussion. Um, do you think James Daniels was uh, playing without fight? He's no. the new hero in Steeler Nation, right? Yeah, I, love, I love that. <laughs> he rocked that dude. He did it for all of us. We all wanted that. Yeah. I know it's a pit kid, but he needed it. Yeah. And James Daniels delivered without thinking about it. He's yep. a new hero of that line. Now it looks like that line has an anchor, a leader. He's yep. starting to play pretty well. He was smart at the beginning of the year. We like his attitude. He, I don't think he lacked fight. What was the score at that time? Uh, I, I don't, I didn't see any lack of fight at all. It always gets me when people say that. And then you go back and you look. I heard Ryan Clark had said that before I watched the game. So I watched that. I didn't see any lack of effort. I just yeah. seen a lack, saw a lack of talent. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's I mean, not as bad as lack of effort, but right. it's bad. Right. Click, clickbait. I mean, trying to drive, draw attention to, uh, you know, I'm sure the podcast and the show that he's doing, although I don't know, he doesn't really have a need to. I think he's set set for life, but just trying to stay relevant in the football world. But you're right. I think there is definitely a lack of talent on this team. Um, and kind of forecast now, Jim, they've got the Buccaneers coming to town this weekend with Tom Brady, with all those injuries in the secondary, a uh, little unnerving to think about, you know, you know, this possibly transpiring again, it could get ugly. Um, so let's talk about what this looks like with Tampa Bay, but then 
you know, if this continues, they are looking at potentially a high draft pick. And I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but talk a little bit about the Buccaneers and maybe what you see happening this weekend. And then if this does continue, I don't want to talk draft too early, but where, where do you see is like the, the, the true need if they're going to draft early? Is it on the defensive line? Is it offensive line? I know I threw a lot at you there. Okay. Uh, Tampa Bay is just paper champions, right? Yeah. Is that Lee Flowers? You know, I haven't, yeah. I haven't been uh, studying tape yet of Tampa or uh, uh, crunching numbers to handicap the game uh, or even checked out their injury situation. So I apologize. But I did do trivia questions today for Steelers, and uh, that question came up. They called them paper champions at the end of the 2001 game. And the next year they became real champions. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the, the Tampa Bay has won since again, and they are not paper champions. It's a very good team. Yeah. Um, uh, on any given Sunday is a possibility. Yeah. And um, after last week's 38-3 loss, I would expect a large effort, huge momentum, home crowd. Pickett starts. It was just this first start at, uh, at, at Akershire. At at Heinz, whatever you want to call it, first start in that stadium as a Steeler. Um, There'll be some excitement and play Tom Brady. He always has the bullseye. Problem is the Steelers still have a bullseye, even though Roethlisberger's gone. Yeah. And people still get up for the Steelers. So, uh, you know, anything can happen, but I'm not expecting much. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, and I'm not saying play for a draft pick either. They won't. So don't even, don't even go there. They're they're not going to lay down. And they're not going to play people just for next year either. Yeah. I won't admit uh, on air whether or not I started my draft study for next year, but I may have glanced at like the top 50 prospects. <laughs> okay. So that was the other question you asked. That's right. Yes. What are you thinking? What um, was- I, 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 we have, uh, you know, Roy uh, Countryman does his uh, Saturday morning profile. And uh, he, last week he did someone that really interested me. I haven't watched him yet. A Northwestern's left tackle, whom he compares to Fanica and believes he's a left guard. And uh, this is the grandson. His name's Skaronsky, grandson of Bob Skaronsky, the left tackle for Lombardi's Packers, five championships. And he's a Midwestern kid. He chose, I believe, uh, he chose um, Northwestern over Illinois and Wisconsin. So there's your Butkus, there's your Skaronskys, there's your Grabowskis, there's your Ditka, whatever you, whatever you need out of that. Uh, that intrigued me. Plus, Northwestern's a pretty scholarly place. So if he could play left guard uh, and he's got those bloodlines, he's tough and he's a leader, he's going to be a locker room leader. That's the first offensive lineman who's interested in me. Mm-hmm. You know, you could play left guard or left tackle. I'm still hoping on Dan Moore. Yeah. Um, so that's really the only kind of offensive lineman I want, a real leader that might be a left guard or a left tackle because you, you hate to take a left guard in the top 10. Yeah. But if, if well, left tackle, okay. Uh, so uh, that guy interests me. And then uh, the rest, I believe, is secondary. I, I, I'm, I've given up on inside linebackers. The Rams have a philosophy and, and uh, several teams have a philosophy that you can find inside linebackers. The same place you can find running backs. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, this team has tried so hard, uh, especially at inside linebackers. So um, I'm going to say either corner or defensive lineman or a special offensive tackle. Cause otherwise you're going to get your offensive lineman in the top 10 of the second round. Right. That's my feeling. Cause I kind of like these five guys. I really like James Daniels. Yes. And Chooks. That, that looks like a decent right side. 
Dan Moore, you know, he's like, come on, Dan, come on. You're hoping for him to come around and the center looks uh, uh, passable right now. Yeah. So uh, it's left guard or left tackle and, uh, and uh, well, yeah. defense. Yeah. Well, great analysis as always, Jim. And to close out the show, give Steelers nation some, some hope or just something, something to be positive about to let them know that it's going to be okay. Well, the problem, the, what we love about football is that that's a once a week thing and we get up for it. Right. And, and we can all set time aside for that one game. But the problem is it's only one game and the progress comes really slow. And during the week we bombard Twitter with everything we want. We want things to happen a lot quicker than they're going to. Now this team reminds me of 88 when they were about five and 11 under Noel, but they had a, a, a credible 1987 draft. They had uh, Dermani Dawson. They had Rod Woodson. They had Greg Lloyd. They had some real foundational pieces for what became the great nineties teams. And also the 1999 team, same thing, Fanica, Joey Porter, Aaron Smith. I, I, I think this team has four, maybe five of those foundational pieces, and it's going to take time. But the beauty is they have the quarterback, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, let's say if they get the number one pick, you know, and you're looking at that Ohio State kid. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? I don't know. I don't know what you do. I don't know. I don't know. Let's just hope Pickett plays so well the rest of the year that that becomes moot and they can trade that pick. But anyway, um, it's just going to take time. And I believe they're in the same situation as 88 and 99 and great things followed those two down years. And they have the foundational pieces. I believe they have four or five, you know, you got the receiver, you got the quarterback, you got, um, um, Minka and you got TJ and you got Friar Moon. I think that's five right there. Yeah. Um, and, and possibility of a, a couple others. Uh Leal. Leal's playing well. Yeah. You know, he he could be a real playmaking defensive tackle, defensive end, kind of versatile piece. So that's all I got for you, man. Yeah. Good kicker. Well, 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 hey, you know, in order to get to the light, sometimes you gotta go through the darkness and they will get an opportunity to redeem themselves this weekend against Tampa Bay. At Akershore Stadium, we'll be back next week with coverage of that game. For now, please check out Jim's work at the Still City Insider. Give him a follow on Twitter at Jim Wexel. You can check out my work at thestillstudy.com. Give me a follow at Still Study on Twitter. And hopefully, Jim, we're talking about a win next week. You never know. You never know. That's right. Any given Sunday. All right, everyone. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. We will see you next week on the Still City Insider podcast. Have a good week, Jim. Okay, Jeremy. See you.